0: Or listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag, go to clnsmedia.com roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your
1: first deposit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Sox Beat Podcast, presented by CLNS Media, your leading online audio and video provider for Major League Baseball. I'm the host of this show, Chris Cotillo from MassLive.com. Uh, we are doing episode 221 of the show. It's June 17th. Red Sox are in Minnesota for a big three-game series against the Twins. Uh, this episode is presented by Indochino, the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company, and our guest is Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for the Athletic. Dan, thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, yeah, and thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm sorry my voice couldn't come with us, but uh, it'll sometime in the next week it should arrive. So uh, we'll get back to you then.
1: All right. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bear with it because uh, you know this is. The, the rare opportunity to get Dan Hayes on a Red Sox podcast, so it's an exciting time for, for everybody, obviously, uh, because he covers the Twins, uh, a fitting time to have him. Um, the Red Sox beat the Twins last night 2 nothing. We were talking a little bit about, about that game before uh, we went on, and I said it was one of the more impressive performances for the Red Sox all season two nothing win rick porcello pitched really well colton brewer ryan brager coming in as well out of the bullpen on a night when the bullpen was short so dan your impressions from uh, seeing the red sox up close for the first time since you saw them 15 times in fort myers
0: yeah it's um it's not surprising to me about porcello i know his numbers uh indicate that he's had a really up and down year but he always pitches well at target field and i mean Mm you It's funny, I'm working on a story and and uh look back at his rookie season and he pitched in that game one sixty-three in two thousand nine and he pitched great against them then. You know, he rode the high fastball, even though he's always a sinker guy at that point in his career. He was throwing four seamers up in the zone past them and they couldn't lay off it. And there was a little bit of that last night, and he just looked so great. Um he just whatever it is, he has comfort here and I think he has a 273 ERA and like 90 innings at target field or 89 innings. So um, he he was really sharp and, and Jose Barrios had that first three batter stretch where he struggled. But other than that, he looked outstanding. And it's funny because for Jose Barrios, that's just, you know, there's, there's some doubt amongst twins fans that, that he could pitch very well um, against the big boys and, this is like mm-hmm. his sixth start against winning teams this year, and he's been outstanding. I think he has a 196 ERA and 41 innings at, at this point playing against the Indians, the Astros, the the, the Rays and the Red Sox in Philly. I think um, he, he's been really outstanding. And so those two just going back and forth, it was it was a great atmosphere. I mean, you know, the, I think Twins fans are looking at this series as a little bit of a, a – testing ground for them even though everything's been pretty much perfect this season for the twins uh, the bullpen's a little shaky at times but they they've been so good and they have such an easy schedule filled with you know weak american league central opponents that yep. that when you get a good team in that it's kind of a measuring stick and and so um it was a great game back and forth you know the the fact that the red sox uh Pulled it off, like I said, with Porcel. It doesn't surprise me. Um, But that eighth inning was was a little crazy. Um, And uh, it it, it definitely determined the game. You know, Jorge Polanco deciding to bunt on his own there. Um, The league-leading hitter dropping down a bunt. And (laughs) that was definitely a little crazy, especially that uh, Brewer got through it, especially with um, Cruz and, and Rosario to back him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of people are talking about it. I think Rob Bradford from WEI wrote that was the most important uh, outing of Colton Brewer's career dating back you know, to high school, Little League, whatever, sure. because he's a guy who's not, not been in high leverage situations, but it kind of forced into it. Uh, last night, tonight, you get David Price going against Michael Pineda. I think it's interesting you talk about how you think that's a measuring stick the twins I think around here um, you know my partner at Mass live Chris Smith wrote a column saying that this series is huge for the Red Sox to prove that they can compete against the good teams because they haven't really at all they've you know lost to the Yankees they lost four out of six to the Astros they've not played well against the Rays they just lost three or four of them at home so it's been kind of a season for the Red Sox where they've been okay against the bad teams like they swept the Royals they swept the Orioles this weekend but when it comes to to the big boys in the American League um, there and haven't been good. And I think it's interesting that the teams who have really proven that they are, you know, that the upper echelon, like a team like the twins, who is really running away with AL center already still views the Red Sox as the big boys, despite, you know, the record, the Red Sox are obviously getting hot right now, six game win streak as of, as of this recording. And um, the twins are one of the best teams in the American league. And I, I don't think that that's something that you would have predicted talking to you at, you know, the winter meetings are all through spring training or anything like that, that this performance would have happened. So I guess what's your level of surprise that everything is gone perfectly, like you said, for Minnesota?
0: Um, you expected that they could be good. Um, I, you know, I would have thought, you know, publicly I was saying 85, 86 wins just because yep. that's what they looked like. But you you had to have so many things go right for them this year. And, and they really all have. And and so in that regard, there is a lot of surprise. I mean, you you look across the board, and, and there's not one thing that really hasn't gone well. Uh, Nelson Cruz was a great addition, but did you think it was going to bring the best out of Buxton and Kepler? And you know, the the two of them have stepped up their game so much. Kepler went in yesterday, and he was fourth in uh, outfield uh, outfield WAR um, in the American League, and and he's just been dynamite, you throw in the fact that Buxton has responded after just a horrible year last year, uh, Miguel Snow's come back, like, and and even though he's striking out 36% of the time, he's got somewhere around a 600 slugging percentage, like, you just look everywhere, everything that they've asked someone to do seems to have turned out really well, and, and there was a lot of talent in the room going in, I mean, this is a team that had six top 100 prospects, in 2016 Mm -hmm. but everyone's finally reached their level and so yeah it's been it's been phenomenal for the twins and you know just to that that point we're talking about on the Red Sox being a measuring stick I mean I think just as the the fact that they did win the World Series last year and, and they're still even even with their early issues I think a lot of people still view them as one of the teams that's the talent wise one of the class of the league and so even right. in, not at their best. You, you, you look at that as a measuring stick. The twins have played really well. They took uh, three of four at Tampa earlier in the month. They, they beat the Astros in the season series four out of seven. Um, I think they lost two of three at the Yankees, but there's just so few teams now that i you know, looking around. I think there's like seven teams in the American league that are above 500 and mm-hmm. only, you know, the Indians are a little bit above 500, but the Indians have been so down with their injuries. Right. Just, there's not, there's not a lot of testing going on in the American league central. When you have mm-hmm. 76 games against rebuilding teams, it's, uh, you, you look for those chances for sure to just test yourself against the best. And, and it's few and far between right now. So it's been, uh, been a really great season for the twins in that regard. I mean, they're just, they're beating up on everybody. And, and it's been, uh, it has been surprising.
1: Yeah, I think that was kind of following the Red Sox model last year, where they had really horrible teams in their division. They went sixteen and three against Baltimore and fifteen and four against Toronto. And when you look back at what the Yankees did against those teams, I think they were around five hundred against Baltimore. There's the division right there. I think for right. in terms of the Twins, do you think that you know Cleveland gets healthy? I know they have a lot of stuff, you know, between you know, Carrasco and he's dealing with, and and you know Kluber and all these guys. When they're at full strength, do you think they're going to make a run, or do you think the Twins are either stretched us out to a point where you know ten games is insurmountable halfway through the year, which we basically are, or the Twins are just too talented to let that that lead slip away?
0: I, I think Twins are probably too talented to let it slip away. The Indians mm-hmm. have played pretty well lately. You know, they lost last night, yeah. but but they they beat the Red Sox in a the series, they beat the Yankees in a the series, they beat the mm-hmm. Twins in a the series. They've they've had a nice run here in June and. The leads pretty much stayed where it is. So yeah, uh, it, the the Yankee or the Yankees, the uh, the Indians had to sweep the Twins when they were in town last uh, two weeks ago. They they won the first two. The Twins, as they've done all year, bounced back, including a tough loss. Uh, they uh, the night that Kimbrel opted for the Cubs, the Twins were in on him. They were probably the third place finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it was kind of ironic because. That night, the Twins had the lead. They were in a rain delay. Kimbrel signs with the Cubs. They come out of the rain delay, and Blake Parker, who gave up the run last night and has had a pretty rough June, uh, surrenders the lead on four pitches, and and gave up like a two-run homer and a and a solo shot. And Twins fans were were up in arms because Kimbrel, who was going to solve their bullpen woes, goes to the Cubs, and and then. Uh, Parker blows the lead. So it, it, it's been that kind of year where we're talking about minor things. I mean, personally, yep. I think Kimbrell would have been a good addition, but I don't think that going a third year for Kimbrell really makes sense for a team that that would account for at, if, if you're talking about their, their peak payroll, the twins at their peak payroll are probably 150 million our team. And I don't know how you have 10% of it to a reliever. Um, that yeah. showed some signs last year at the end and so they they've had a, a a great year to the point where they can look at this and go man we just need to add this piece and add this piece and the indians are in a far different spot where i think the indians have to have a bunch more continue to go right they need to get healthy you know clevenger mm-hmm. finally got back yesterday but you're still down Carrasco and Kluber. I mean, you're still down 40% of your opening day rotation. And
1: right, and the rotation for that team is, is a huge piece of it. It
0: is, and, and that offense is just, there's so little margin for error because the way they neglected the roster in the off season mm-hmm. that there's, it's just a huge hole. And I, I think that regardless, that the, you know, maybe the Indians can make a play for the wild card. That's, that's possible. But man, they, they, they just need so much to go right
1: hmm I think, you know, the Twins, Kimberl's an interesting guy, obviously, a guy that we're familiar with a lot around here. And I think, you know, when he finally signed with the Cubs was the end of Red Sox fans wanting them to make a move to re-sign him, which was never going to happen. But but with the Twins, was it, you know, not the unwillingness to go three years, or was the price point uh, per year too high? I feel like, you know, reading the reports, it was that they wanted to go one year, and, and he clearly wanted that multi-year deal.
0: Yeah, he did. And I I think they were pretty aggressive. I, I know Tampa was somewhere around two and 31 for mm-hmm. their, their offer. And then they were willing to go to three and 39. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the twins were around that two and 31 uh, because they did, they, they were willing to go a second year, but I, ideally I think they were one year and an option. I look, I, I think they saw a, a great opportunity to get him in there. Um, and he definitely wanted that third year because I he probably could have got a one-year deal that was higher, um, you know, probably 15, 16 million, and then put himself back out there without the qualifying offer, and and he took the security and he took it in a great landing spot. And that's the other part. I mean, look, if, if you're gonna you you look at the Rays and that you know three and 39, that's a really healthy offer, and for a team with the record that they have, I mean, you know, you're putting yourself. Had a really good shot and make the playoffs by going there. So do you take that or to Chicago for three years, sound appealing and playing for the Cubs in a a storied franchise that's going to spend. And there, there's so many factors and and same thing goes. I mean, if, if he got three and 43 from the twins and he got three and 43 from the Cubs, he's going to choose the Cubs a hundred times out of a hundred, just because of all the things that go into it. The twins have had this great run. And they're drawing fans. Uh, Monday was a little disappointing, which is crazy to say it was disappointing that they got 27,900. But mm-hmm. that's the run that, you know, they had three straight sellouts. They've averaged somewhere around over 30 a game for the last five weeks after averaging about 12 or 16, eight for the first, you know, April was, was miserably cold. And, but the fans have responded, but, you know, nobody really knows. Like, that's just a, a good trend. Whereas the Cubs average a sellout, you know, almost every night. And it's it's that playing in that park. And I think the Twins were only going to get him if he wanted one year and he wanted to pay, you know, take 18 million or I maybe not that high. Maybe that's a little, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: thrown too much out there. But they were really looking to go short term just because you look around at all the relievers the last couple of years. Man, that none of those guys have turned out. It's been filled with landmines you see guys getting dfa'd all the time right now
1: yep and i think you know obviously that's a that's an area i think both of these teams will address at the trade deadline these guys are going to be really a dime a dozen that's just the way it goes with trade deadline acquisitions you're going to see a lot of guys that you can get pretty cheap and and i think all the american league contenders are going to be in on those guys now something that i think is is really interesting especially to a to a new england audience is that you know the manager of these twins is a guy that we're familiar with in rocco baldelli He's a first-year manager and someone that, you know, the people that have covered the Red Sox that I talked to said, if I was going to start a team and I had to pick any manager, you know, not knowing what was going to happen, I'd go with Rocco Baldelli. There's some veteran people on the beat who have said that. And and the Twins obviously took that leap in a little bit of a surprising move and and doing that over the winter. Uh, Rhode Island native, former Red Sox player. And it seems like, you know, whether – you know, obviously the performance has been great, but uh, how much of this do you, you attribute to Rocco and kind of the culture change and all that stuff? Because we saw it last year, what a first-year manager can do injecting life with what Alex Cora did, and obviously it seems like you know Baldelli is at least partially responsible for this.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. I, last year was my 12th year in uh, on a beat in baseball, and I thought that Paul Molitor is probably one of the s- smartest guys I've ever covered. He is... As prepared and thorough as any manager, like he knew game situations. The guy's great at re- stealing, or was great at uh, finding where pitchers were being, were were showing something, and and kind of tipping off hitters. Like he he mm-hmm. he's so efficient from the dugout. But the one thing that that Rocco has over him by far, and Rocco's a, a extremely intelligent, prepared guy himself. Um, but he, he connects with players in a way that I don't think Mulder was as good at. And mm-hmm. that that's just being from a different era. You know, 25 right. years ago, you, you weren't friends with your manager. You mm-hmm. didn't speak to the manager. And I think that's something that, you know, I mean, you're talking about Mulder being 62 and, and a, a big age gap between him and players. And I think that Baldelli has done a great job in that regard, has come in. And the Twins said that they wanted to get a modern, a player that, uh, a manager that can deal with modern players much better, and I, I think he has. You know, um, Byron Buxton is love Malder. Byron Buxton, you would think he grew up around Malder, uh, backfields, stuff like that. A lot of instruction in the minor leagues. And uh, talking to him in January, he was very concerned about what was going on. And Rocco Baldelli made a trip to go see him, and and it changed everything. He just opened his eyes and. You know he can't believe how lucky he has it to have this guy as his manager, and he still misses Malder and I, I'm sure that there's there's room in the organization for Malder to come back probably. Um, and the Twins have been talking about it. It's just taking a little time because for the first time in a while, Malder's is off for a summer. Mm-hmm. And he's enjoying it, but he'll yep. be back. You know, and and it's weird to say that this organization brings you know nobody goes too far usually, uh, but mm-hmm. but it, it's it's been great for them that. Baldelli's come in and a lot of the young guys no longer have questions in their head. They they know what the manager is thinking. There's just really good communication across the board. And he's done some interesting things in the, with rest and recovery. Nobody plays seven days a week, you know, and, yep. but he, he lets everyone know that. And, and so Miguel Sano returns from the injured list and maybe Miguel Sano at the start of the year thinks, Hey, I'm playing every day. And he comes back and it's like, Oh wait, I'm only playing five and a half days. But because he sees Nelson Cruz do that, because he sees uh, Jorge Polanco do that, because he sees Buxton do it, there's sort of this just everybody's willing to accept it, and, and it's worked out extremely well. Especially when you look at their catchers, you know Jason Castro's fourth in the uh, the All Star vote right now, but Mitch Garver has been even better. It's just that he was on the IL when,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and you can only list one catcher, but both those guys have benefited from playing every other day. And and their catcher production is the best in the American League. So it's hard to get buy in. But I think Rocco's done a good job across the board with that just by communicating and guys love it. And, and, and they they understand far more. Um, and they're they're kind of clued in on things. And I think that goes a long way. It hasn't hurt that they've been winning to accompany all this because, right. you know, that guys aren't saying, well, I, I need to help the team and, and I should be in there. You know, there's none of that, the way things have gone. It's been extremely good as, as far as things could go. You, I don't think that you could have gotten off to a better start if you're rock deli. And it's been fun to watch just because, you know, the, the personality and, and the story and everything he endured. And I understand why rest and recovery Given what his career path was and all the stuff he he suffered, it, it you know it, it was something going into it that was interesting because the man knows what it's like to be the pinnacle of the baseball world. I mean, you look at his 2008 postseason, hitting home runs in the World Series. You know, they had the big hit to send them to the World Series, um, the the single off Lester. And, you know, and then he also understands. What it's like to not be able to stay on the field. So he gets mm-hmm. he gets that 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 bench kind of role and understands how to watch the game. And even though he's inexperienced, you're right. It, uh, it's, there's some similarities to the way that Alex Cork came in and injected life into the roster last year. And I think when you have young guys and you can tap into it, it, it is a, it's a good trait to have for a club.
1: And then uh, speaking of young guys, and here's our ad spot for the week. As we've talked about, the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company is Indochino. I'm not sure if Rocco Baldelli or Alex Corr wear them, but if they don't, they should. I have my order uh, that's processing right now. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. If you're looking to get married, they have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. People love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and colors to choose from, not to mention the option to personalize every detail, including your lapel, your lining, your pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram. Here's how it works. You can visit a stylist at one of their over 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally, or you can measure at home by yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. You can choose your fabric inside and out, choose your design, customization, submit your measurements with your choices, and relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. And this week, we have a special on the show. My listeners can get any premium Indochino suit For just $369 at Indochino.com, entering socks, that's S-O-X, at the checkout. That's 50% off the regular price of a made-to-measure premium suit, and shipping for that is free.